Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 25. This week on the Gold Vendor, we have Plague Slinger Ring, Azure Blight Reaper Ring, uh, Ring of the Night Mother, Mad Tinkerer's Ring, Vicosa's Helmet, and Baylorg's Helm. Um, yeah, any of those standing out to you, Davies? Do you think you're going to pick any of these up this weekend? I don't think I'm going to pick any up, but I do. If I highly recommend anybody who doesn't have uh, a Baylorg Helm to go and grab that. I think that is a great... It's a great helm to have uh, for 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 a PvP setup. Uh, I already have a set. That's the only reason I'm not buying one. But highly recommend Baylor to anybody who doesn't have one. Yeah, it's a it's a totally great just bread and butter set to have in the inventory if you're putting a build together and you don't really know what monster set you want to use. You can't go wrong with Baylor. Uh, Magicka or stamina works for anyone. This is the void where. Um, the, the one piece gives you just weapon and spell damage, and then the two piece, uh, whenever you use an ultimate, uh, you gain weapon and spell damage equal to that ultimate's cost, uh, and then you also gain 23 penetration per point of the ultimate's cost as well. Um, so it's a, it's a really good ultimate, especially if, or it's a really good monster set, uh, especially if you are um, frustrated with tankier targets and you want to be able to take out, uh, take out players that are pretty tanky and don't take a lot of damage this can help you cut through those defensive uh defenses pretty nicely yeah and i think i think you you know it's like you said it, it works really you can almost throw this on any pvp build and you're going to be in a great setup even if you have a you know even if you have a lower cost ultimate you're just going to be constantly kind of getting that buff or like you said if you have a higher cost ultimate you can drop that ultimate and then just have a massive amount of burst uh real quick yeah um, yeah, totally agree. And what's awesome about the, the monster sets when they come out on the gold vendor is, um, it's always, you get all three weights. You can choose medium, heavy, or light, uh, and you can choose M pen or infused. Um, so there's no RNG whatsoever. You just, you can just get the exact weight you want uh, and you can just get M pen or infused. Those are the only two traits, uh, available. Yep. Um, so pretty cool. And I think, I think the helms are actually pretty low cost. I mean, but like I think they're like 200, 200,000 alliance points or something like that. So yeah, if you don't yeah. have a Baylor's helm, get out there, get you a Baylor's helm. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one would be uh, the Azure Blight Reaper Ring. That'd be the other one that probably some people are interested in. Um, this is a cool one. It's a medium. It's from a medium armor um, stamina damage set, a five piece set. Um, and this is the one where the five piece, when you deal damage with a dot, it applies these stacks. And then when you get up to 20 stacks, it explodes and deals a, a ton of AOE damage. I think it's in the ballpark of like 15K or something like that. Uh, so it's really good. It's a great PVE set, especially if, you know, you're doing fights with lots of ads and lots of mobs. Uh, and it can actually be pretty good in PVP in the right situations. It's not great in every PVP situation, but it's actually pretty good in battlegrounds or groups tend to be kind of close together uh, all the time. Uh, I see a lot of people pair this up with that new um, uh, Venomous Smite set. You know, they, they pair together really nicely and you can you can wipe out uh, groups of players if, uh, if you do it right. So that's the gold vendor. Um, let's move right on and talk about a little bit of news. So we actually have uh, a very big piece of news this week. Uh, oh so um, the creative director, Rich Lambert, made a, uh, a forum discussion on the official forums. Uh, the title of the discussion is uh, Update on Cyrodiil Performance and Upcoming AOE Tests. Uh, and I'll put a link to this discussion in the description because I think people are going to want to read this. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it here, but there's a lot more details and a lot more to say about it. Obviously, this is something that is uh, being discussed heavily on the forums uh, and really anywhere where ESO is being discussed. Um, so I think it's, I think it's good for anyone who's interested to actually go read Rich's words for themselves. Um, cause I don't know, I think sometimes you can hear people talk about a thing and then you, th you think you know all about it, but then you go read the, the person's words themselves and maybe they didn't mean that exactly, you know? Yeah. So this went up on Monday and, uh, it's a, it's a fairly long write up. Uh, I'll just kind of go over a few bullet points here. Uh, so first of all, they're just acknowledging that the performance in Cyrodiil is very, very not good, right? Uh, and something's got to be done about it. Uh, and so this is them, you know, making an attempt to address that. 
first and foremost, that's awesome. All right. The fact that any attempt at all is being made in regards to Cyrodiil performance, go right ahead. Whatever you guys got to do, go go right ahead, please. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's huge. I, it, you know, we've talked in the past about how I, I'm, I'm actually surprised that this is, you know, it's kind of, a big part of what we're going to talk about this week but i'm kind of surprised about because we've talked about in the past that the percentage of players that that are in cyrodiil is probably such a small percentage compared to the overall amount of players that actually play the fact that they're saying hey like this is the time we're going in we're focused on cyrodiil you know they've got all this other content and expansion thing like that but right now they're 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 focused on on cyrodiil it's pretty yeah much. i mean it's it's at a point where they have to you it's know, true. like it's just it's, it's just unacceptable. <laughs> the, the the state that it's in right now is is simply unacceptable. Um, so so they're acknowledging that, uh, and they're saying basically the gist is that they think AOE spam is one of the biggest culprits uh, to to performance. So they're saying you know whenever players cast AOE abilities, that's a lot of work that the server has to do. It's a lot of calculations. The server has to figure out okay. How many players are nearby? How many of those players does this AOE ability apply to? Uh, you know, there's all these different things times the number of players that are using these AOE abilities. You know, according to Rich, it, it, it's a lot of work for the server to keep up with. Um, so that's what they're going to be focusing on uh, during these tests, these Cyrodiil tests, um, is uh, they're going to be messing around with AOE abilities, basically just making it more difficult to use AOE abilities uh, and you're just going to kind of collect some data and, and draw some conclusions uh, and go from there. Uh, a couple of important notes before we get into the details here. Um, one is this is only going to be in Cyrodiil, these tests. Well, I guess actually I need to I need to mention these tests are going to be conducted on the live server. So not on a public test server. This is actually going to be on the live game uh, starting August 24th. So we've got a little bit of time before this actually starts happening. I think that kind of represents how, you know, this is a pretty big deal. Uh, they don't do live server testing very often. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's um, it's necessary in this case. You know, if we're if we're testing serial performance, you got to have the population there, uh, and that population just doesn't exist on PTS, and it's never going to. Um, so if if we're going to do a real test, it's going to have to be on the live server. So that's good. Um, the test will only be in Cyrodiil, so uh, it's not going to affect PVE whatsoever. It's not going to affect Imperial City or Battlegrounds. So everything's still going to be normal in those places. It's only going to be in Cyrodiil. Um, and I think the most important thing to note is that this is a test. Um, these are not actual proposed changes. Um, this is basically, I, the way I view it is a, a data collection um, exercise. Um, obviously, we're going to go through these test scenarios that they're proposing here. These things are obviously way too broad for them to implement as a blanket solution. And they even acknowledge it in this. Like they're they're even straight up acknowledging like hey, if we do this, the Templar the Templar as a class basically just doesn't work in PVP. And obviously that's not something they're going to allow to happen, right? So this is just a test just for the purpose of collecting data so that they can figure out what changes need to happen later. I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind here. Um, so there's a few different tests that they're wanting to run, uh, four different tests. And I think they said each test is going to last for about a week each. So test number one, um, with test number one, they're going to implement a shared global AOE cooldown. So what that's going to mean is that, uh, all AOE abilities are going to share a three second cooldown. And they, they give a specific, uh, specific example, um, of a Templar. If a Templar casts a Ritual of Retribution, it's an AOE ability, um, then they wouldn't be able to cast their Puncturing Sweeps ability for another three seconds, or any other AOE ability for three seconds. They're all on the same three-second cooldown there. I know. Calm down. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Templars, <laughs> the world is burning. <laughs> yeah. It's not just Templars, but that affects so much. But the, the example yep. they give is Templar, and I think Templar as a class probably would be affected almost more than anyone. They have a lot of AoE. Um, test number two is similar, but a little different. It would be individual AoE cooldowns. So each individual AoE ability will have its own cooldown, but not, not a global cooldown. Um, so for example, Templar, again, if you cast Puncturing Sweeps, you wouldn't be able to cast Puncturing Sweeps again for another three seconds, but you could cast another AoE ability right away. 
Uh, so each individual has its own three second cooldown. And I think that really puts into perspective how like, okay, obviously this isn't going to be a solution that's implemented yeah. as is if a Templar can't spam, they're spammable. Obviously, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's not a problem. Gonna, that's not going to be the final solution. Right. Uh, even if they do in the end say, okay, all AOE abilities have a three second cooldown, then that would then mean a lot of abilities would have to be changed so that the classes would still function. Right? Yeah. Test number three. I think this is the one that seems the most palatable to, to everyone who's read this. Um, so no cooldowns at all. Instead, they would implement a, a ramping cost to all AOE abilities when you cast them uh, back to back. So kind of how uh, streak or dodge roll works, where if you streak, if you're a sorcerer and you streak multiple times in a row, it costs more and more each time. Uh, same thing with roll dodge. Um, so they're, they're saying, let's try that for all AOE abilities. Each time you use it within a certain amount of time, I think it's like five seconds, um, then it costs more and more and more. Um, that one seems the most palatable to people because that's not preventing you from actually using the ability. You still yeah. have control. You still can choose to use that ability or not. Um, I think of all these proposed changes, that's the one that seems the most reasonable. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think that you know that one stops. You know the the main thing what they're trying to do here is stop AOE spam, and that's going to really hit people sustain hard if they're just spamming those same abilities over and over, and they're just ramping yeah, up. It would presumably accomplish their goal, and it's not changing the combat system drastically. I mean, this is what's so great about the combat system in this game is there typically really aren't cooldowns, right? You could cast whatever ability you want whenever you want, and that's that's why it's fun to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm really hoping that the the ramping cost ends up being kind of more the direction that they lean if they if they go through with any of this. I'm with you. I, I think that this one uh, has the most makes the most sense kind of out of the gate. But like we said, these are they're doing tests, so these are all to the extreme, and they're just collecting a lot of data right now. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, and then the fourth and final test would be a combination of individual cooldowns, so test number two, uh, and the the global ramping cost, test number three. So it would be test number two and three combined would be test number four. Um, that just sounds terrible. Test, uh, test, <laughs> test, test one and four, those are tough. Those yeah. tests are tough. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, there's a lot to dig into. I don't even know if I want to dig super deep into it because, like I said, it's it's just tests, and I something has got to give in Cyrodiil. You know, like if it's a choice between letting Cyrodiil be as it is right now, or having three second cooldowns on AOE abilities, I honestly don't know which I would prefer uh, because it's almost as if your abilities have a three second cooldown already a lot of the time. You know, because of the performance, it's just, it's just so bad. Um, there's also going to be double AP while this uh, these tests are going on, uh, and I don't even think you have to do anything. It's just when you do PvP in Cyrodiil, you're going to get double AP for everything you do. Um, I wonder if that's going to be enough of an incentive to get people in there to to actually do the testing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my concern. You know, first and foremost, I want to say like it is awesome that they are doing this. They're they are diving in. They've they're putting in the work. They're putting in the research of trying to fix Cyrodiil. They're doing live server testing, which is, you know, that's risky for them to do. Like that's that's what you want from the developers of the game you're playing. Like it's the right attitude. They're doing the right thing. Um, but this specifically, uh, I I kind of asked that same question: Is that, you know, the concern that people have voiced is that well, why these tests are going on? Uh, I'm just not going to go into Cyrodiil because it sounds like it's going to be miserable. But the overall hope would be is that that's that's the time that we want to flood Cyrodiil the most. The more data that we can give them, let's let's get in there and and let's everybody go in there and try to give them all the data so that they have what they need to to get this fixed. Uh, so it's you know uh, great in the future. But I would I would I I would hope to see better incentives. Uh, double AP is great, but for people that are in Cyrodiil all the time, you know, I, I mean, I could ask you how much AP that you have, uh, you know, those players have that in the millions. They don't, they just have excess of it. And so right. those regular Cyrodiil players, double AP really doesn't mean that much for them. Uh, so I would, I would, I, I would hope 
and I don't think they will, but I would hope that they, they make this more of an incentive to get players in there. Because if, if players aren't in there, then these tests uh, aren't going to give them the data that they need. Yeah, I think a big concern with a lot of people is that they're probably going to have positive results no matter what, right? Like, yeah. there very there's a very good chance, I think, that all of these tests are going to show, yeah, performance improved. Uh, you know, but that doesn't, it's not necessarily a good thing though. Like, you know, yeah, performance improved, but now we have three second cooldowns on all of our AOE abilities, you know, like it just doesn't, that's not, that doesn't seem like a great trade. You know what I mean? Uh, no, no, not at all. And so, you know, if, if it's a matter of like, okay, we're going to run these tests and then if performance improves, then yeah, we're going to go ahead and implement some of this stuff. I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that performance is going to improve during these tests because of what you were saying. It's, it's going to be a lower player population for sure. And plus, it just seems like these tests that are being implemented would probably have a positive effect on performance. Right. But at the cost of, I would I would say, ruining the, the feel and the flow of the combat system. Yeah, I just can't imagine that. I, I think that tests, probably tests one and four are probably the worst. If they if they do figure out that those have the best data, I still think that that for them is only, and you know this is just pure speculation, but I still think that that only means that there's certain AOE abilities that they might give certain cooldowns to. But there's just no way they're they're gonna do these type of extremes in the live game. Um, yeah, I don't think the the final solution isn't going to be flip a switch and all AOE abilities now yeah. have a three second cooldown. Right? That's not absolutely not going to be the case. Uh, I am just going to straight read this paragraph here. Um, so Rich says, after we complete after we complete the above tests, we may try other combinations of cooldown, cost, and regen regen values on AOE abilities. However, we need to run these tests first and then assess the data. Uh, we'll then let everyone know what we found and how we will move forward. We'll be very upfront, but please be aware that if these tests confirm our hypothesis then chain casting AOE abilities will no longer form the core of the ESO PVP experience in the way it has for the last few years. Um, and then he says, uh, we would then go through each class and assure that there are viable builds for each and make adjustments as necessary. So that's the magic kind of sentence that we needed to hear. Right. Right. Um, now, honestly, I'll tell you, I'll tell you from my perspective, this sentence right here, chain casting AOE abilities will no longer form the core of the ESO PvP experience. That sounds amazing to me. That actually sounds like I'm on board for that goal right there. No more <laughs> chain casting AOE and PvP. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I don't know if I want a three second cooldown to be the thing that makes that happen, but uh I, I know that AOE spam is annoying in PvP, especially in battlegrounds, man. You can't even put your foot on the ground without just fighting yeah. for your life against the environment you know um mm -hmm. so i like i like that statement i like that goal that sounds good i just hope that we take a good route to get there and combat still still feels good at, uh, at the end of it right yeah i think you just pulled out the magic sentence there is that that chain casting aoe when it's just going on there's it it takes a lot of strategy out of the pvp experience and just it's hitting everybody it's just going everywhere and so if we can get that out of there and it's, you know, it's more strategic and you got to be more strategic about abilities that you're placing, that sounds fantastic. But like you said, we, you know, it, we still have to have a good feeling to the combat system, which that's where that last sentence he said, I think is, is good to hear as well. Yeah, totally. So that's, what's going on with the Cyrodiil AOE tests. Um, it's, it's really weird, really wild stuff. It's going to affect everyone quite a bit. Uh, just just a reminder, the tests are only happening in Cyrodiil, not going to affect the rest of the game whatsoever. Um, I'm I'm really curious to see what comes of this. I think overall, my take is I'm, I'm very positive just on the fact that they're trying to do something about Cyrodiil performance. So right. if this is how they're going about it, this is how they think they need to go about it, great. Do, do what you got to do. Please make Cyrodiil better. Right. Well, and, I, and I'm going to bring up, you know, just this, because I think it's a good reference for, you know, this is a massive change that they're talking about here. But, you know, I don't remember how long ago it was now. They talked about the change with the uh, uh, light attack weaving. They were talking about massive changes and, you know, different. It was 
a lot of heavy attack weaving and they were going to change the damage. It's an overall massive yeah. change that they were talking about because they were looking into it and what it would do for the game. They realized the player base was completely against it, wasn't a fan yeah, of they it. they totally dropped it. And they just dropped it. And I think that's yeah. a great reference for us to kind of think back on is that they they do they're not just going to completely anger the whole fan base. They they, you know, they they want the the fan base to to like this game. Obviously, that's their business. And so, but I think that from a developer standpoint, they they do do a good job of listening to the overall uh fan base, player base. All right, so that's enough of that. Um let's move on and talk about um the public test server. So we are in uh, week three of PTS, this is version 6.1.2. Um, so uh, the AOE tests that we just talked about, th those are actually happening on the, on the public test server right now. So if you don't want to wait till August 24th and you want to see what this is all about, then you can actually log on to PTS right now, go to PTS uh, or go to Cyrodiil uh, and, uh, and check it out, see, see what it's all about. As far as uh, skill changes go, there's really only one that I think is worth mentioning, and it's uh, it's the Nightblade's uh, Executioner passive. And I think this is really, really good. So currently, this passive, when, it, when it's fully ranked, uh, what this passive does right now is when an enemy dies within two seconds of being damaged by an assassination ability, you restore 1876 Magicka or Stamina, whichever is higher. Um, so the, the rework of this passive, it's, it's pretty minor, but I think it's going to have a big effect. So now it's whenever an enemy dies within two seconds of being damaged by you at all with any ability. So it doesn't have to be an assassination ability. They just receive any damage from you whatsoever within the last two seconds. Uh, and then when they die, you're going to get that 1876 Magicka or Stamina. This is a gigantic buff, I think, for, uh, for a PvE Nightblade. Um, you know... In, in PvE, there are obviously tons of mobs, tons of trash fights that you got to get through. Um, but even with boss fights, I mean, a good number of boss fights have ads that they summon. And it's not going to take a lot of ads to get, you know, something like a big return out of this. You know, say you're fighting a boss and he summons a wave of 10 ads, which I would say that's a, a small summon for a lot of boss fights. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to focus those ads. You just keep focusing the boss. And so you just have caltrops on the ground. That's damaging those ads, so as soon as they die, you're going to get 1876 stamina for every single one of those ads that die. So like 18,000 stamina um, when those 10 ads die, and you don't even have to focus them. Because the thing is, your assassination abilities, those are all single target abilities. So like when there's a mob around, you're not, you're not targeting each individual mob with your single target abilities. If you are, you're, you know, that's not the way to do it. So typically, Nightblades are getting hardly anything at all out of this passive, like almost zero, I would say. Um, so they're going from getting barely anything out of this passive to now getting quite a bit where you don't even have to pay attention to the mobs. Just have AoE on the ground, and when they die, you'll get a resource return, a big resource return. First and foremost, I feel like I have to comment that Nightblades have to be super pumped that they're getting some good news. <laughs> <laughs> Nightblades are getting a buff. How about that? <laughs> that hasn't quite been the case of late. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you have definitely have a lot more experience on Nightblade than I do, but uh, it definitely seems like a huge sustain PvE and PvP. You know, uh, PvE, obviously, you're killing things are dying all the time with all the ads and, like you said, boss fights. But even in PvP, you know, in a battleground, people are dying all the time. You throw some caltrops in a fight, and then, you know, mm -hmm. just take in the sustain. It's it's um, it's pretty cool. It's interesting. Like this can really uh, turn Nightblades into, you know, like you said, they already have excellent sustain. But this can really turn them into maybe the best sustain class in the game. Yeah, yeah. That's I've said that before. Like. Um really one of the class defining features of the Nightblade is that they have excellent sustain. Maybe, maybe the best sustain of any class. Uh, I don't know. Maybe someone can contest me on that, but they have very, very good sustain. Um, this is just going to help them even more. And this doesn't require that you get a killing blow, right? You just have to do damage of some kind and, and you're going to get that. It's just, it's such a huge difference, you know, because getting 1876 for killing a single target, I feel like, I don't even care about that, you know, like it's not exciting at all. But if I get 1876 every time anyone dies that's around me, I'm 
I'm a lot more interested in that. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah, very good news for Nightblades. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically all the skill changes. Um, there's some sets that have been uh, adjusted further as well. So Shadow of the Red Mountain uh, has been adjusted a little bit more. So now instead of having a, uh, a two-second cooldown, it has an eight-second cooldown. Uh, but the damage has been increased quite a bit. It's 12,840 instead of 5,918. So it's 12,000 every eight seconds instead of basically 6,000 every two seconds. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I kind of liked the every two second that consistent just damage coming in every two seconds. I think is is really really nice. Um, Twelve thousand is a pretty strong proc. Yeah, that was my question for you on this because I know this is a set you've worn in the past. Is that do you think this change is a buff or do you think this is a nerf? Uh, it it probably depends on the player and the build. I think for for me it's probably a nerf. It probably is going to make me less interested in using this set because I I prefer having the the more consistent uh, damage at a more frequent interval. I mean, it kind of depends because the fact that it's a it's a guaranteed proc now means yeah. you can you can I mean, count on when that proc is going to happen. So like, you know, this proc's from doing damage with a weapon ability. So you could have critical charge from the from the two handed skill line, and when you gap close someone, you know for sure that Red Mountain's going to proc right away. So if you're prepared to deliver all your burst all right at then, um, you know, it could work out. I think it probably could work out pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, the, the 12,840. So it's actually even closer to, it's a little bit closer, you know, it's closer to 13,000. Yeah, with champion points and stuff, it'll be, you know, 14,000, 15,000. Um, Calurian's Legacy, this is a, a favorite Magicka proc set, uh, so they, they went back to requiring a critical strike in order to proc the set. I think that's a good change. It's a very, very strong proc, and having it be a guaranteed proc doing any kind of damage, I think, is uh, is no bueno, so uh, that's good. Um, they say this set no longer excludes non-Magicka-oriented attacks to, to proc its conditions. It's weird wording. I'm guessing that means stamina users. Like you could technically put this on a stamina build and it would still proc, although it's a it's a magic set, so you're probably not gonna do that. But I think that's what that means. Very interesting wording for sure. It's a great set though. Slightly bumped up the damage. It's now fourteen thousand two hundred instead of thirteen thousand two ninety. So like a thousand more damage. Um and this the cooldown is still ten seconds. Haven't changed that at all. Um, elemental succession they reduced the spell damage granted per element down to 492 instead of 550 uh, blessing of potentates this one's a bummer uh, so the the two-piece bonus right now it reduces damage from players by five percent uh, it's changed to three percent now it's going to reduce damage from players by three percent that seems you know I, I'm interested by this one I know that you use the the two-piece bonus of this uh, and it's very popular in the PvP world because you just throw this on a back end, you know, a back bar weapon, two handed weapon, and you just get that buff. Um, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those items. It's like you got your build mostly filled out, but you got this one slot left. I oh, just throw a potentate sword on there, you know, yep. or, or whatever. Um, I'm interested. You th are you? Is this going to change it for you? Or are you going to find something else to slot that? Because five percent. You know, that's not a whole lot, but it was enough to where it was like, okay, 5% less damage just makes sense. 3% less damage is almost, I don't know. I just, I don't know if 3% uh, less damage is worth uh, having a whole slot for it, especially if, you know, with the with the trainee set changing, you know, the trainee set is the three piece mm -hmm. and it, it seems really a good one piece plug-in. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens to Potentates because I know right now it's really popular to just get that two piece bonus. Uh, I could see that popularity dropping uh, quite a bit from this. Yeah, I could see that because that even if you know it's really not a huge change, it's just a two percent difference. It's just the number three doesn't look as enticing as the number five. You know, like <laughs> just it has a psychological effect. Well, like, well, I don't want three; I want five. Um, it definitely makes me think twice about it. I mean, I, I use this on my stamina necromancer on his back bar. I have a potentate's great sword. I'll probably keep it on him because it makes it still makes sense on that character. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think 
I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's been nerfed. So the popularity is definitely going to, going to go down for sure. Same thing for me. I, Lord of Nords is my, my Stam DK and I'll talk a little bit him when we talk about what we're doing, but I've kind of got a slight new build idea for him that this, you know, is involved, uh, the potentates. And so it's kind of a bummer to see it nerfed, but. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I really wish they hadn't messed with this. I feel like a 5% damage reduction was fair. Uh, I mean, they really are targeting survivability in PvP in general. You know, we've gotten <laughs> healing nerfs recently. They've they've just they've pumped all this damage into the game. And now, you know, they're nerfing this. They're nerfing uh, the impenetrable trait, which, of course, we have base critical resistance now. So I guess that invalidates that. But in general, they seem to be targeting survivability. They want people to die more <laughs> in PvP, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems um, that's been the direction for a little while now. Which in no CP mission accomplished. Uh, if you go <laughs> go into a battleground. Congratulations, guys! People are dying a lot more oh, yeah. right now. It's yeah. Um, so let's talk about the Thracian Stranglers, shall <laughs> the, we? The weekly the, Thracian update. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the next chapter in this long saga of this weird mythic item. This was the one. Where the the first PTS notes for Graymore dropped, and I feel like this one just ha almost had like a big highlighter on it for everyone. Like, whoa, what is that crazy <laughs> thing? Um, and the the devs just seem really unsure about what they want from this thing. And it's funny, you know, last week they made some changes, and then they made a note saying, "Hey, we're still not done. Here's what we're planning to do further next week." And so now here we are. It's next week, and it's they're they're doing something totally different from what they said they were going to do. You know? totally. so it's like it's like ideas are just kind of being thrown around <laughs> all over the place. I would love to be like in in these meetings, like uh, like what's how how are, how is this thrashing thrashing thing being discussed in these meetings? It seems like just like every idea that so anyone comes up with, like well, let's try that one, let's see what happens. It, yeah, it really seems like this is an item that's in the game. It's already in the game right now, and it it. It seems like those conversations are, guys, this is in the game. We wish it wasn't because we it's just not what we want. It, it almost seems like that they would totally just delete this item if that was an option on the table. Uh, <laughs> they just don't know what they want this thing to do. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the original iteration was fine, but I don't know. I guess, you know, they're the ones with all the, the data, so they know, but it never really seemed like a, an issue to me. So I guess let's just get into what's happening here. So um, they're reducing the weapon and spell damage per stack down to 17 instead of 40. 17 damage per stack. Um, so the set no longer causes you to take 1% additional damage per stack, and it no longer decreases your healing by 1% per stack. So, so no more increased damage, no more healing reduction. That's not a part of the set at all anymore. Um, so instead... Um, now this set causes you to lose 120 maximum health for every stack that you have. Now I'm sure these numbers are going to be adjusted further as, as we go. I, I, I still don't think they're anywhere close to yeah. having this where it needs to be. Um, they say the reason they're, they're having this reduce your maximum health is because they wanted like a more visceral kind of visual indicator that you're getting this penalty. So like when you actually see your health bar shrink, it kind of, it makes it real to you that you're you're getting penalized for using this thing for for gaining this power. Uh, so I get the idea of that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I understand that. Um, I just maybe these numbers just need to be uh, adjusted a bit. Um, the maximum stat count is still fifty, just like last week. Um, and so when you have all fifty stacks, um, your stats you're, you're going to have eight hundred fifty weapon and spell damage because we only have you know seventeen damage per stack now. Uh, and minus 6,000 health. Uh, and then also the 50% the reduced shield strength is still a part of it as well. So 850 damage, negative 6,000 health, 50% reduced shields. Um, they also increased the duration of the stacks up to one hour instead of 10 minutes. And they, they said they just wanted to better cement that quasi-permanent situation there. So there you have it, man. Uh, totally new. I, this thing has gone through like three or four completely different iterations at this point. Um, I'm just going to say some of my thoughts. 
basically my takeaway is that 50 stacks is way, way too much, especially since they reset so easily. You know, every time I go into stealth, every time I go through a loading screen, I lose all my stacks. If I die, I lose all the stacks. Um, so I think the fact that I have to get 50 stacks, but then I can just lose them so easily. I think I would just be constantly frustrated by that. Uh, and then when I do have all 50 stacks, I, I just don't think 850 damage is enough of a reward uh, for, for getting all that. Um, and so I have a, a breakdown here. Um, this is just kind of how I'm thinking about it. If I, if I were trying to fit this into a build, you know, I would, I would have to be giving up a set bonus, right? This, this Thracian Stranglers would be taking the place of a five piece bonus or a monster set two piece bonus or something like that. Uh, and just for the, for easy math, I'm kind of say, I'm, I'm kind of assuming that every like damage kind of bonus is going to be roughly equivalent to the Giuliano's five piece bonus, right? About 300 weapon and spell damage. So let's just assume that whatever set bonus we're giving up for Thracian Stranglers is roughly equivalent to about 300 weapon or spell damage as far as how it affects your total outgoing damage, right? So let's just assume we're, we're doing that. We're, we're taking 300 weapon and spell damage out of the build. So I'm going to subtract that from the 850 that we're getting from Thracian Stranglers, right? So now we're down to what, 550 that we're actually getting? Then we got to factor in that we're losing that six uh, that 6,000 health. And when you factor in champion points, it's actually a lot more than 6,000 health. It's actually like between like seven and 8,000 health. Uh, when the way it, it scales with champion points and stuff like that. So say you're a typical PVE DPS build, you probably have like 17K health, somewhere around there. Uh, and if you have all 50 of your Thracian Stranglers stacks, let's say that takes 7,000 away. So now you're sitting at 10,000 HP. Obviously, that's not going to cut it in PVE. In, in like serious hardcore PVE, you can't have 10,000 health. So let's say we want to compensate a little bit. And we're going to add an extra 3,000 health uh, to our health pool. Uh, and we're going to have to take that out of our Magicka or Stamina pool to do that, right? So that's going to put us at 13,000 health, which is still not nearly enough. But let's just say, <laughs> let's just assume like I feel confident about my abilities. I can make 13 work. Let's just for the sake of this conversation. So I got 13,000 health, which means I had, I had to take 3,000 away from my primary stat pool to do that. Um, and 3,000 maximum magicka or stamina, as far as how that affects your damage, that's equivalent to about 285 weapon and spell damage. You know, uh, and we already subtracted 300 because of the set piece that we're that we're giving up. So once we factor that in, we're really effectively getting about 265 weapon or spell damage from the Thracian Stranglers, and that's while running 13 13,000 health. So if we actually wanted to run a reasonable amount of health, you know, we'd be getting hardly anything at all, probably nothing at all probably from, from the Thracian Stranglers. You maybe you're breaking even if you if you're <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. lucky, um, and you have to, and you have to land fifty killing blows to even get to that point, without dying and without going into stealth and without going through any loading screens, you know, it's just not nearly enough of a reward and way too severe of a penalty for me to even bother at all. So you know, we always try to find the silver lining and look like, oh, okay, I can see how this could be a good thing in this sort of situation or whatever, but it's. I just, I'm not seeing it with this iteration of this item. Uh, and I, I, I think they still have a lot of work to do here. Yeah. Well, and I think, you, I mean, great breakdown there. Uh, so many good points there, but it's just, like you said, that you're losing the health is just almost going to be at an unrealistic level. And it's just so much work. It's, you know, the amount of work it takes to get to 50 stacks is just, that's a lot of killing blows. And it's not like, you know, we were just talking about that Nightblade passive where you don't have to land the killing blow. You just have to do damage and you get that resource return. Thracian doesn't work like that. You have to be the one landing the killing blow to get the stack. Yeah. So 50 killing blows, I think, just makes it I absolutely mean, unattractive. Yeah. 50 stacks, in my opinion, completely, just the 50 stacks alone completely takes any PvP viability out of You just, that's gone. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we're really just looking at it from a PvE standpoint, but. Totally. Getting 50 killing blows, even in a PvE standpoint, that's difficult. And with, like you said, having 10k health, or even like you said, if you make the changes, 13k health, 
can you imagine actually getting to the 50 and then you go into a tough boss fight and then you die and then you know for the rest of that for the rest of that run or that dungeon you're just you're you're at a disadvantage at that point because you basically are wearing an item that's doing nothing for you because you're going to have to start right. those 50 stacks all over again yeah um, exactly it just seems completely not worth it at this point i think the uh the damage that that this item offers needs to be a ridiculous amount it needs to be too much damage to resist but then at what cost you know like i love the idea here that like you're getting this incredible power but you really yeah. are having to pay a price for that it's it's a cool idea um but the the amount of power versus the price that you're paying here is not it's yeah. not it um this this the damage the total amount of damage has to at least be in the in the four digits i think that people need to see that four digit number before they're going to properly salivate and and want to get a hold of this thing yeah i agree with you uh and you know in, in another point it it you know we kind of briefly talked about but until you have those 50 stacks you're basically like you said you're giving up a set bonus so you're basically negative 300 you know until you i don't know how many stacks yeah. you'd break even at but probably you know you probably need at least 25 25 stacks to say that you're actually breaking even on damage so you're actually at a disadvantage until you get 25 30 stacks in it just it's just it just doesn't make sense right now for a build you know the thing to keep in mind is i just there's no way they're done yeah with with it you know yeah, I mean, like it's I, been three weeks of massive changes so yeah we have we'll, we haven't seen the the last <laughs> uh, i think next week we're, we'll we'll see another iteration we'll probably see another one the week after yep. that i think i think this one's got a long road ahead of it honestly yep i think so too all right well why don't we take a quick break and we'll get back and talk about what we've been doing in eso here lately we'll be right back Actually, I've had a, a busy ESO week this week. Um, I've, I've kind of really dove into it, tried to knock out a lot of stuff. Uh, I'll start off. Very strangely, uh, this has been kind of a PvE-focused week for me, <laughs> which is very, very abnormal for, for me and you. Um, but I kind of looked at It's kind of my perspective. And this is I've kind of had this thought process, but I really kind of dove into it this week. You know, PvP, very much my favorite style of play in the game you know we we've been doing pve focus mainly for for a while now um but you know a big part of the pvp is you know as we've been doing you know working tweaking with builds farming things up and so i kind of just spent this week making sure i have pve tools to make sure i can farm for my pvp <laughs> yeah, yeah and so i kind of wanted to finalize my pve setups so that if when I need to start farming for PVE for PVP gear, uh, that it's kind of easier and I'm more set up to do that. Um, so the the first change that I started doing is with Davius, my uh, my main character, Davius Starjumper. Um, he's a Magicka Templar. He very much used to be a PVP group battleground healer. Obviously, with no more, longer group battlegrounds, he has been sitting on the shelf uh don't use them very much anymore and i kind of did this uh mainly just using them for tank uh, a tank setup so we can get quick uh dungeon cues and things like that and so i really kind of dove in and, and made some changes with him um nothing i don't think out of the ordinary I, I i will very much admit pve it's been a long time since i've done it so uh going back and thinking of pve builds was kind of uh tricky uh, just because i haven't done it in so long but uh, basically, real quick, uh, change what I did to him is I uh, the five ebon pieces. Uh, this is just the tank setup that gives the whole group uh, gives a lot of health for the tank, but it gives the whole group uh, a health buff, a max health buff. Um, I put Tremor Scale on as his monster set, and this is basically just the one that when you taunt somebody, uh, it does damage. But the way I've set up his tanking, he really doesn't do a lot of damage. The main reason I wanted it is because it uh, it reduces uh physical resistances on the in, the target that i'm taunting which and it's it's not an actual debuff it's it can be stacked with um 
uh, what's the name? It's not a it's it's not a named debuff. Exactly, right? it's not a, not yeah. a named debuff, so it, it it can stack with other debuffs. Uh, and then the other, I'm just running a four piece of Death's Wind, just because the two through four on that is max health and armor. Uh, uh-huh. So just stacking his health up a whole bunch and just working on debuffs and then kind of group uh, buffs. Uh, but it's kind of been fun setting him up as kind of a tank. I've had fun tanking, uh, and so I really kind of just want to take him just to have some use out of him, kind of turn him into this PVE tank and that works and, and kind of goes through it. Uh, it's so. kind of cool to see like this, this evolution of, uh, of that tank setup. Cause it started out kind of like we were saying, like, well, I just want to, I just want fast cues and I just <laughs> yeah. want like, you know, I'll be a good enough tank. I can taunt and not die. That's fine. Yep. Uh, but like now, like as you're doing it, like, oh, actually, I want to be a good tank. Uh, it's like you're like keep like making them better and better and better yep. at it. I've, I've still, yeah. I just kind of swapped little pieces out every week until, until now. I think the point is, I think, I mean, I think he's pretty much a well-rounded tank. Uh, he's yeah, pretty much uh, purely focused on it. So uh, it's a lot of fun. I think that he he's set up now to where I could actually do some pretty in-game uh, PVE yeah. content. We're doing tanking. veteran DLC dungeons, and that yep. dude is tanking. Like, yep. Straight up tanking, yeah. You can do it. Um, so the other PvE that I've done, uh, the Neverending Nord, that's my uh, Necro Vampire character. I have talked about abandoned. him in the past. <laughs> I abandoned him, talked about coming back, abandoned him again. Um, <laughs> I have just accepted him for what he is with what Vampire is right now, and I've just completely transformed him into my PvE DPS character. Um I I like the character, I like the look of him, love the name. Uh, so I wanted to do something with them, and I just decided, all right, I think the only way I'm going to get some viability out of this guy is just to make him purely PvE DPS. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I actually kind of worked with you through the week of, um, you know, abilities and things like that, because I personally have never made a PvE DPS character. Back when I used to do PvE, I only did heals uh, and then very, very light tanking, but never really had just a pure focused dps character and so i just kind of went back to the basics on him i just did uh, uh five piece julianos five piece mother sorrow uh and then since he is a necro he i have the uh both the uh the summon the necro summons on him so i went with maw the infernal just to have another uh summoned uh, summonable thing out there just mainly just for yeah. fun Sure. It's actually a really strong set. Too. Yeah, that was kind of the funny part. So I kind of just picked these, and you were like, "Yep, that that sounds like a, a PVE pretty common setup." So yeah, it's a pretty solid set. Yeah. Totally. Um, so yeah, he's. I'll actually be able to use him now. It's nice to finally have a PVE DPS character when I need it. Um, you know, I've got to kind of work with the rotation on him. I'm still a little rusty, but uh, ideally, this character would be as if you know, if I ever need to farm like. Uh, set and trials or things like that now i actually have a dps character where i can jump in there um yeah. whereas davius being a tank i don't think i'm ready to start tanking trials yet haven't haven't tried that out so uh it's kind of nice just to, to have just a, a, a pve dps character on the list it's good to it's it's good to have a pve dps on the roster for sure you know if you're if you spend much time in this game at all there, there's no escaping pve you're gonna have to do it yeah you know even if you want to only do PvP and nothing else. It, I mean, you're, the, the coolest builds are going to require some PvE. Yeah, you, know? you still got to be able to have the, the tools to farm the PvP build that you want to put together. Um, yeah. I, I'll mention this because it was kind of a hilarious joke, yet sad at the same time with, with NeverEnding Nord. So he is a vampire. Um, and so I put my build initially together and I was kind of talking with you and we we're working through it. <laughs> I think initially I only had like, three vampire abilities on there and as we were kind of talking through it and kind of trying to get the dps up it was just funny because you're like well i would probably <laughs> drop that a vampire ability and it's like oh man okay all right well i'll drop that one and now i've got only got two on there but all right he still has some on there and then we would tinker changing you're like well i'd actually drop that vampire ability yeah <laughs> um so we talked about that we kind of joked just how sad it is for vampires he only has one vampire ability left, and it's the spammable that is totally not going to be viable after this patch update. So, oh, the one that costs health. Yep, the one that costs yeah. health. So after this patch update, he will have no vampire abilities. I, I guess at this point, if things stay the same, I might just cure his vampirism. I don't, I don't know if it's even worth still having on there. And a lot of people are coming to that conclusion too. 
just I don't know. Uh, vampire, it it needs some it needs some love right now. Um, it's kind of it's kind of in rough yeah, shape. Yeah, I'm still hoping. You know, PTS isn't over yet. I'm I'm still hoping that maybe maybe something will happen. Get, they'll get some tweaks. I don't imagine anything major would happen, but maybe they can they can fix this spammable situation or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So, so at least never end ignored. He's he's off the shelf. He'll be my PVE DPS. I just got to get a little bit better with the rotation to kind of uh, keep getting his DPS higher. But I think he's pretty well set up for it. So that's kind of been my PVE focus part of this week is uh, building him up as you know my DPS and then making Davius more tank viable. Um, uh, I'm still addicted to Bearclaw. I I haven't figured out how to not log in with him. He is still the kind of the go-to anytime I get to the login screen. Um, I've actually done a lot of uh, just sewer runs. I'll just go into Imperial City and just kind of run through the sewers with him just to kind of uh, get some Telvar. He's built really great for that with the, you know, with his tankiness, with the range, and then with the bear. Uh, it works out really well. Even if I run into other people in the sewers, um, usually... Uh, you know, usually if you're running on the sewers, you know, you run into bigger groups, but most of the time you just run into ones and twos and he can usually handle it. Uh, plus, you know, he's pretty good with the bosses because I can kind of utilize the bear to kind of tank the boss for me a little bit while he takes it down. So uh, still still loving that build, still having a lot of fun with him. Uh, just kind of did some sewer runs this week, which was still a blast. Um, and then kind of the last thing that I worked on, we talked about this a little bit, but uh, I've I've kind of generated this new idea for my uh, Stam DK. Mm -hmm. He is my 100% through and through ultimate build. He wears uh, the Champion of the Hist as well as the uh, the Werewolf Hide, and so it's both of those are the five piece is just Ultigen. Uh, one gives you um, five ultimate every time you take damage. It can do it every five seconds, and then the other one basically just gives you minor heroism buff at all times uh and then he obviously has blood spawn um so all three of those sets are actually kind of getting buffs with the changes they've announced so far so that's really exciting but the one thing about this character is that he i would like him to hit a little bit harder and so he kind of seems like my perfect candidate for malakath band i still haven't found a home for my malakath band ring and so my idea with him is to drop one of those five-piece ultigen sets, which I don't know which one yet. I'll have to do some testing to figure out which one of those actually generates more ultimate. But to drop one of those, keep blood spawn with the buff it's getting, and then keep one of the five-piece ultigens, and then throw on a three-piece potentates, which the if you have three of those, the three-piece buff is it reduces your ultimate cost by 15%. So I'm hoping that kind of makes up for me losing that five piece, and then yeah, I can I think throw. It will. Yeah, and so then I can throw that Malakoff band on there, and he can hit a lot harder uh, in PvP areas. So what's uh what's nice about that potentates? I I know we talked about this before, but um, that ultimate cost reduction, fifteen percent. Um, your your Dragon Knight Battle Roar passive it gives you resources based on um the cost of your ultimate whenever you use your ultimate. Mm -hmm. Um. That still is based off of the ultimate's original cost, even though it's getting a reduced cost. You still get the resource return based on the original cost, so that's pretty nice. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to work out uh, really well. And you know, we've talked about Malakath Band and, and and Battlegrounds and PvP. It'll definitely uh, give him a little bit more bite. <laughs> nice. Uh, and in you know, we always talk about Malakath Band as being very PvP focused compared to PVE, uh, and this character is great for that. He's very much a battleground. I usually only do PvP with them, so uh, I'm excited to make this change. Pretty easy change, you know. It's pretty easy to get a hold of some potentates, so uh, just a little bit of testing, and you know, and then once this patch and those updates happen, uh, I'm pretty excited to, to see the new Lord of Nords. Uh, that's the character's name. It's I'm excited. Yeah, he's one, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Yeah, I love see I love seeing this character because he really is. It's just, he basically just spams leap. <laughs> right, pretty much. He basically just uses that's leap a, as a spammable. That's what he's all about. Just spamming leap. He's just leaping all over the place. Yeah, so so much ulti jet. He's just yeah. He's just <laughs> always got it ready to go. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Uh, what about you? Well, uh, believe it or not, I've been playing some Elder Scrolls Online. What? 
I think the thing that I want to brag about the most uh, this week is that I've been doing my crafting writs. Um, <laughs> I uh, I go through uh, phases. You know, sometimes I'm like really on top of it, and I do my writs every single day. But I don't know. I've been in a phase for about two or three months, I would say, where it's like I'm not going to do my writs. I don't know. I have plenty of mats. I got gold. I'm not going to do my writs. I um, I have seen both sides of the spectrum on this. Is that here recently where you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I've also seen the side of the spectrum where you did not take a character into a battleground. They couldn't go into a battleground until they knocked their writs out. That was the rule. Was that yeah. Different character can't can't queue up for a battleground until the writs are knocked out. That's how they earn it. Yeah. <laughs> Do your writs, then you can go kill some stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been a lot less disciplined. I think, honestly, just I got up to a certain amount of gold. And so it's just like, well, I'm comfortable. I don't feel as much of like, I don't really need that income right now. Like, um, not that I have a ton. I, I have like a million gold, which I think is a lot. Most players have been playing more than a year probably have about that much. Yep. Um, so it's not, it's not like it's a ton, but it's enough for me to feel comfortable and I can just kind of relax and not feel like I have to do Ritz every day. Um, but there's been a few situations lately where I've been, I've been trying to put builds together and I go and find that, oh, what's this? I don't have a giant pile of dreg wax or <laughs> rosin or whatever. Like, what is what is this? I have to go buy this stuff like a like a peasant, you know? Uh, so that that can't stand. I got to, those, those mat stores have to get uh, built back up. So I'm doing my writs uh, again on, on like 13 characters. You know, it takes some time. Just um, I, I just imagine you like looking over your shoulder, talking to like a guild vendor, like hope nobody sees me buying this dray wax. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah, embarrassing just, this would be! <laughs> and, and I can I can afford to buy it, but I just I just like having my own. Like I like being self sustaining. You know, it just makes me feel good. Yep. Um. So um, I'm getting back on the ritz. You know, getting all my surveys, hunting all those down, refining all those those raw materials uh, to get those gold mats. Um, so that's been good. And actually I do enjoy it, especially the, um, uh, getting the surveys. I, I was doing that just this morning before we started recording. Uh, you know, I put on a podcast, I drink some coffee and I just ride around the whole map, you know, finding these surveys and I don't know, it's just kind of a relaxing, nice little way to spend some time. I think <laughs> the, the opposite of a really intense battleground. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been spending a lot of time on my stamina sorcerer this week. Um, I have to be careful with this guy because once I once I start playing with him, he tends to be the only character I ever want to play with. Um, he's, he's, I mean, I don't know. We may as well rename this podcast to like the Stam Sork cast or something because yeah, I feel we, I feel we, like we talk about Stam Sork a lot. It, it's uh, it's a dangerous addiction you know you can only you have to limit yourself you have to have strong willpower with the sam sork you you dip your toe in very easy to become addicted yeah it's just it's just a fun play style and it's like exactly my kind of play style too you know i'm just very drawn to it uh and he's just super effective you know just played it simple like when i jump into a battleground with my sam sork i get better results than i do with any other character uh, you know, uh, including my main old Betsy, my stamina Templar, which is my, my favorite character, but the stam sort gets better results, plain and simple. Uh, and it's just fun, super high, high speed, fast paced, really fun. Um, I'm still basically running the same build that, uh, I've been running for a while. There's a, there's a build on my YouTube channel. Um, but I, I've made some tweaks to get him upgraded, uh, for Graymore. So First of all, I finally got a master bow for him. So he's got a master bow in the back bar now, which is nice. Um, he's still running Briarheart and uh, Morkulden, but Morkulden is only active on the front bar, right? Because I got that master bow. Uh, Troll King, uh, and then he's a, he's a dual wield on the front bar. It's a ton of damage, dude. He just he does does a ton of damage. The Briarheart with the you know with his uh, critical surge ability and uh, Troll King. Um, He's like surprisingly very, very survivable, even though he's a total glass cannon, like there's zero investment in resistance or defenses of any kind. Uh, but he can he can really jump into a group and brawl and take some damage. And he has this these multiple layers of these these heals coming in uh, just based on damage done uh, that he can he can usually hang in there pretty well. Uh, and if and if he does get in danger, man, it's just streaks just a button away, you know, and <laughs> and everyone is everyone is stunned. So it takes the pressure off of me, and I'm a long ways away from them. So when they break CC, I'm still safe. 
Um, well, now you want me, now you make me want to play with my stamp sort today. <laughs> <laughs> stamp sort super awesome, and I played with him last night. We we did our goon night last night, and I got a I guess I got a shout out uh, to the weekly Grizzly Con shout out. <laughs> Cause uh, I was I was basically planning on skipping Good Night last night because you were planning to be out of town. Uh, yep. I was doing a lot of stuff yesterday evening, and it's just been like a, a long, exhausting week. And I was like, I'm just gonna go to bed early tonight. I think so. That's what I was doing. I was actually like on my way, like ready to get in bed. Uh, and then Grizzly Khan hit up the Discord, which came up on my phone, and was like, Hey, where are the goons at? You know. <laughs> <laughs> we need to like, make like uh, a just a sound bite that is the Grizzly Khan. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. Please shout yeah. out. <laughs> um, so I was like, well, all right. Grizzly's waiting. I better get that goon night not, going. I better get it going. So we got in there and we actually had a good time. It was Grizzly and his buddy Murph. Uh, and we just went into the sewers and farmed some Telvar. We went to, uh, we went down both blue and yellow tunnels and uh, we made a friend at yellow. We went all the way down to their door and uh, one of their people came out and, and Basically, it was like whispering us. I'm like, hey, let's just be friends. I don't want to fight. I'm just farming Telebar. And we're like, hey, that's <laughs> totally cool, man. Go on. And what's funny is that same player later sent me an in-game mail and gave me 10,000 gold and said, thanks for being cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Look at I that. Know. The old Goon Knight yeah. sit chair. Just yep. the adventures continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So I uh, just... About the stamps, like I said, I had kind of got him updated for uh, for the Greymore patch finally. So I did all that. I've, I also gave him four well-fitted pieces of armor to account for that base crit resistance that we have now. And that was a, a very nice little cherry on top uh, for this mobility-focused build to, you know, have a lot of cost reduction for sprinting and dodging is really nice. My stamina necromancer, Bobby Bobango, is finally finished. Uh, he's like... For real, totally finished. I've been playing with him a lot as well this week, and uh, this dude is totally vicious and so fun, so uh, unique. Just a very uh, one-of-a-kind kind of build, I think. I feel really good about this dude. Uh, it's the same setup, I think, that I mentioned last time. It's um, it's a Sheer Venom, Poisonous Serpent, um, Black Rose Prison Bow, uh, and a Potentate's Greatsword on the back bar. So he's a, he's a bow build. The bow is his main weapon. Uh, he's a little wood elf, uh, medium armor, well-fitted, very roll-dodgy, uh, and just so much damage, man. Um, and it's it's pretty funny. We, we talked about this a bit on our last episode about how, you know, the, the stats are deceivingly low. Like, he, he barely even breaks 3,000 weapon damage, <laughs> but the, the outgoing damage is significant, man. Oh, he's and, a terror. He is the thing of ESO nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's so much fun. And, uh, you know, usually the, the drawback on, on, he, you know, he, he relies so much on procs. That's why he has so much damage because, you know, he, all, all this damage is coming from procs rather than his weapon damage stat. Uh, and since his weapon damage is so low, you know, typically on a build like that, your heals are going to suffer for that. Uh, but he actually has a, a very good back bar, uh, with, with like a lot of healing power, a lot of damage mitigation and multiple layers of healing as well. So he's like a lot more survivable than this type of build typically is. And he's he's honestly becoming one of my favorite characters to to log in with. And like, oh, I want to do some battlegrounds. I don't want to have to try too hard. I just want to kind of kill stuff. This guy's <laughs> gonna this guy's gonna fit the bill for sure. So yeah, I'm gonna be I'm I'm working on an outline to make a build video for him uh here pretty soon. So that should be coming. I don't know, sometime within the next couple of weeks. I'm not going to put myself on too strict of a deadline, but I am working on it. Uh, that'll be the next build uh, that comes out. Uh, so we'll have a spotlight for that here on the podcast and then a video that goes up shortly after that. And that'll be that'll be fun. I'm excited for everybody to get to finally see what he looks like. It it just it works so well. It's he is. Yeah. He's like a little hobgoblin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. He's very goblin-like. He's a he's a wood elf. You know, wood elves are tiny already. And then I, when I created him, I made all the sliders as small as possible. Um, and he has a thief personality, so he's like all hunched over and creepy looking. And uh, he's got like this jack-o'-lantern sort of mask on. And yeah, he's cool. <laughs> So, um, no emails this week. Um, if you'd like to send us an email, uh, you can email us at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrollin with an I-N, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. 
Um, just let us know if you have any uh, questions or uh, suggestions for the show, something you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, if you just want us to tell us a funny joke or just say hello, um, you know, all good things. Uh, we also have our guild. Our guild is called the Stoons Goons. Or no, not the Stoons Goons. It's just Stoons Goons. Um, I debated on that when we were making the guild. And I think, yeah, no, no the is, is, yeah, the, is yeah. the better way. The right choice. The right choice. Um, still plenty of openings for people who would like to join. Um, so just, uh, again, you can send us an email at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com or you can contact us in game at Cat Sparrowhawk or at Star Jumper. Um, and you know, students goons, we're basically just a social guild. We mostly just like hang out in, uh, in discord and we all kind of are doing different things at different times. I, I guess if we had to choose an area of focus, it would probably be PVP. Um, but we do a lot of PVE. We do a lot of questing and we even nerd out on lore stuff and even, even some like joking sort of role play kind of stuff as well. <laughs> you know, we're. We, we're, we, ki- we, we're kind we of into a little all bit of the everything. Boxes. We just check all the boxes. Stoons, goons. <laughs> yeah. Um, any any closing words? Uh, yeah, I was just going to give uh, a shout out to uh, the Stoons, goons Discord. We, uh, I highly recommend anybody that reaches out to us definitely join in the Discord. Um, it's kind of been popping lately. We've had some good conversation, good theory crafting, good, uh, just a lot of fun conversations lately. We, we're getting enough people where uh, people are kind of in there and chatting and talking. It's it's been a lot of fun. You're you're burying the lead, all right. It's it's there's a lot of memes in there. All no, right? the, <laughs> great uh, place for the, memes. <laughs> some some hot hot memes in the Discord. Uh, no, it really has been the the Discord has really been surprisingly active these last couple of weeks. Like some some people are really uh, getting in there and just just hanging out and being there. It, it's cool. I really I really enjoyed it. it adds a uh, a cool element to the game when I, you know, I come home and I sit down, log into ESO and there's already like kind of a gang hanging out, ready to, you know, ready to socialize and yeah. just talk while we play and stuff. Uh, I really enjoy it. Okay. I guess that's going to be the end of episode number 25. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking around this long, 25 whole episodes. Can you believe it? Uh, we've been doing this. Well, I've been doing this about a year and a half. Davius jumped on board. I don't know, several months ago at this point. Yep. Um, looks like it's still going really strong, man. We've been having so much fun, and, um, you know, I think bright things are ahead. Yeah, been fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on episode 26.